Wall Street veteran Bernard Madoff has been arrested and charged with running a $50 billion Ponzi scheme. Congress wants to know what caused the Enron meltdown. Now, well, the collective rage currently is focused on Wilcom. Tyco CEO Dennis Koslowski was convicted of looting hundreds of millions of dollars. This is one of the biggest fraud cases ever. Their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Find out more on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. Narcissist. Psychopath. These words are thrown around today on TikTok like I throw around the F word. Yeah, I think we've got a couple of reviews on it. Which is a fucking <laughs> lot. While everyone and their brother is being accused... Uh, while everyone and their brother is accused of being a narcissist, only about 5% of the population is estimated to have narcissistic personality disorder. But the focus of today's story has been called a narcissist as well as a psychopath. Robert Durst, a real estate heir who used his money to buy people off, flee whenever he wanted, and cut corners whenever he could. Why would we call him a narcissist and a psychopath? What did he do? Why would we call him that? Find out on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. Spoiler alert, it's a finale so finale! Then, that might give you guys a little insight about maybe what he did yeah um allegedly he murdered people allegedly no he fucking did it okay he definitely did it so calm to say what you say with your chest robert durst is a fucking murderer there we go a narcissistic psychopathic murderer there we go and on top of all that the worst thing a real estate heir? What the? Yeah. What, that's the worst thing to be an heir of. Your daddy owned a bunch of buildings, so now you get to own a bunch of buildings. I mean, he was rich from it. And make money for no reason. He literally made of, money. You will find out he made money for no reason. Seize the means of production. Like, right? Property is theft. Come on, guys. Well, welcome back to the season finale, season 10 finale of White Collars, Red Hands. This is... Whoa, I'm Kashan. Whoa, I'm Nina. Season 10. Season 10. I can't believe you've sat next to me this long. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe that I'm your only friend. It's wild. Well, I can. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> actually you know now that you mentioned it i can too yeah you're, you're right what was I'm, i think i'm really annoying what was i thinking uh, you're annoying i'm annoying this is some like punishment for me to sit down every week and have an hour-long conversation with night no i'm joking you it's, love it we have fun we have, have fun, fun. And, and we've done you know this has been good it's been a good two years and thank you all for, for listening letting, for virtually sitting next to us yes letting you, us talk Letting us whisper sweet nothings into your ear. I'd like to imagine if you were here, you'd sit right between us. And we'd, we'd face each other like this and just speak each one into one Directly of your, into your one ear. One of your ears. It's like a little, it's like a little Nina Kashan sandwich. Exactly. So just for the rest of this, imagine you're, you're the bologna in that Nina and Kashan sandwich. We're the wonder bread. Yeah, we for are real, I'm the, I, I'm the bimbo bread. Let's be real. The what? Bimbo bread. I don't know what it's that is. It's spelled bimbo. Bimbo bread. 
Is this from another country? No, it's here. Why did they name it Bimbo Bread? I don't know. Okay. I don't know, but it's Bimbo Bread. And uh, this next person um, is worse than a bimbo, so let's get started. I don't even think bimbos are bad. What a segue. (laughs) Robert Durst, worse than a bimbo? Anyway. Uh, (laughs) Robert Durst, you will find out, is the worst. You had to sneak it in. I had to sneak it in. Uh, it's, it's, I had to. It's what the outline was called. We had a debate before where where she she just loved it. I said, that's just a rhyme, Nina. But uh, here we are. Here we are. And Robert Durst, he was born in New York City. He was a little NYC baby, born right in the heart of the city on April 12th, 1943. He was born to real estate giant Seymour Durst. His name should have been Seymour Houses. Oh, man. Come on. Is this going to be the next 10 pages? No. Durst is the worst. See more houses? No, it's not going to be like this Jesus. whole time. There's too much to cover. Um, the family had four children in all, Robert being the oldest, followed by Douglas, Tommy, and Wendy. His family had immigrated to the U.S. from Austria-Hungary, where his grandfather became a very successful real estate manager and developer and founded the Durst Organization in 1927. Austria-Hungary? Well, you better feed it. Uh, uh, when Robert Durst was... It's not funny. <laughs> this next thing oh, I you know, got to say two bad ones. I get one, man. Well, now I'm laughing. And this is what I'm about to say is terrible. <laughs> You're welcome. When Robert Durst was seven, his mother committed suicide. Oh, damn it. Yeah, she jumped off the roof. Um, Wait, what? I think she jumped off the roof. And anyway, it's alleged that Robert saw her do it, but then his brother Douglas says that never happened. But no matter what, losing your mother in such a horrific manner will have an effect on you for the rest of your life. And truthfully, what will unfold in today's episode, I would not be shocked if he did witness it. Oh man, this is just like Reed Slatkin that we just did, watching a parent commit suicide. Mm-hmm. It's not good. Not good. Um, and this is actually very incredible, this next part. Durst did have to go to therapy as a child because of sibling rivalry between him and his brother Douglas. That was in 1953. So you know you're bad. You're doing not. You're doing. You're not doing good also, if you've got to go to therapy in 1953. You know, therapy in 1953 is just like a therapist burned you with the end of a cigarette. And like anyway, welcome in. You and your brother Douglas have been getting along. That should fix it. Get out of here. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Um, upon going to therapy at 10 years old, there was a report made on him that said he had personality decomposition and possibly even schizophrenia. But once again, therapists were just burning kids with lit cigarettes. Well, so right. Does I, that even mean anything? <laughs> well, what I was going to say is we know today that you cannot be diagnosed with schizophrenia until you are in your 20s because that is actually when symptoms start showing. However, Robert Durst was not okay emotionally. And I think that that can be said. Mm-hmm. I don't think he has schizophrenia, though, based on everything I know about him. I just think he he I think he's a psychopath. So anyways, in high school, he was described as a loner and he didn't have very many friends and he wasn't really part of many extracurricular activities. He ended up earning his bachelor's degree in economics in 1965 from Lehigh University. He did enroll in a doctoral program at UCLA, but withdrew and went back to New York City in 1969. 
Now, although it was expected for Durst to work for the family company, he really wasn't interested in doing that whatsoever. He ended up leaving New York to start a health food store in Vermont in the 70s called All Good Things. Surely, Robert, it can't have all good things. You're in it. It's owned by you. It's all bad things. Exactly. Also, there's a lot of good things, Robert. They can't. They can't all be in here. All right. They can't. Not all Unless the good the, things can this be. This is in the, here. like the TARDIS from Doctor Who, and it's much larger on the inside. There's no way, Robert. <laughs> it's not happening. Does it have the seven wonders in the world? Doesn't have all good things. Mm-mm. Nope. Mm-mm. No. During this time, he met a woman named Kathleen McCormick, who was a dental hygienist who lived in a Durst building. After two dates, he invited her to move in with him to Vermont. Leave New York City and go to Vermont with him after two dates. Ew. That's Ver- a big red flag. Vermont. Ugh. They, a lot of people smoke weed there. A lot of people smoke weed everywhere, Nina. It's yeah, 2023. But it, but it, yeah, okay, but like, you know, when everybody was like, oh, Colorado, it was also Vermont. Anyways, <laughs> she moved with him. And I really hope that she had people in her life that told her that I just wish that they were like, or I hope that they were like, Kathy, no. But she didn't listen. Kathy, that's a red flag. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, stupid. You know what he did have, though? All good things. A lot of money. He, he did have a lot of money. So <coughs> that's something. I guess. <laughs> But it didn't matter because while living in Vermont, the two enjoyed a very frugal lifestyle where they lived like hippies and drove a Volkswagen Beetle. That's like having a huge dick and not being able to get an erection. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You have all the you have all the power, but you can't use it. That's awful. Yeah. With great power. I mean, I guess you can like brag about it to your friends. but. Quote Spider-Man in a dick joke. <laughs> Toby McGuire is a dick. All right. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. He looks like he has a small penis. Okay, that's just mean. I just you don't know just... anything about Toby McGuire, but you're body shaming him. No, it's his essence. He has oh, small dick energy. S D E. Yes. Wow, that's rough, man. Yes. That's rough. Um, Durst ended up closing his health food store, All Good Things, in 1973 and moving back to New York to work for his father's company because daddy was putting the pressure on Robert. And Robert is a spineless little bitch who can't tell his daddy no. Which is weird because he wasn't even using his money. Right. (laughs) So why is he so influenced by him? I don't know. But the couple moved back to New York City and they got married on April 12th, 1973, which was Durst's 30th birthday. That does seem narcissistic. You're like, all for me today. All good things. My anniversary is also my birthday. Or he just wanted an easy way to remember it. That's a life hack. It is. I also want it noted that he was nine years older than his wife. So she was 19 and he was 30, which is also another red flag. That's 11 years. I can't do math. <laughs> All right. All right. So it was 11 years, and I'll probably get a lot of hate for saying that it's a red flag, but she is barely legal, and you shouldn't be at the same place in your life where a 19-year-old and a 30-year-old are getting along. That's like me dating someone who just got out of high school. Yeah. Gross. I agree. 
Thank you. But I also agree that 19-year-olds, if that's what you want to choose to do, you got to draw the line somewhere. So whatever. Half your age plus seven. So I guess it's fine. No, no, no. It's not fine. Half your age plus seven. If you're 30, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20. Yeah. Yeah. So gross. Gross. Robert. Gross. I'm not trusting you with any math formula Don't right now. Don't trust me to with be honest, any math. So. All right. Well, seem, things seem to be real fine and dandy for the couple up until about 1976 when they began to fight about having a child. Now, Kathy wanted to have children, but Durst did not. And honestly, I think he would have been a very horrific father, so I'm glad he did not have any children. I mean, I could see why he would argue that he doesn't want to have children. Like, how? How? He's got that big dick he that he can't use. He can't even get him in there. Yeah. You know? Like. Damn. Damn. But according to Kathy's family, there was a point where Durst actually forced her to have an abortion, which is another red flag. If you don't want kids, maybe you should get a vasectomy. Kathy, or just abstain. Just don't have sex with your wife. Or just put it in her butt. Well... <laughs> All good options. Hey, when the Red River's flowing, take the dirt road home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gross. <laughs> you said it. I you know. can't say something and then say gross. I say do that all the it time. It was your choice to put it in the yeah, to I put know. that in the air. You're I know. Right I into know. the baloney in the sandwich ah! right now. Right into him. Well, after that happened, Kathy was pretty upset, so she enrolled in medical college. Oh, as you do. Yeah. Um, she enrolled in Albert Einstein Medical College, which was in the Bronx, and she began studying to be a pediatrician. Um, in 1981, she actually hired a divorce lawyer, and she asked for a 20... I'm sorry. She asked for a $250,000 divorce settlement, which... Honestly, wasn't that much. Say, that seems kind of low, right? They got it a was, bunch of money. It was extremely low. He had a ton of money. Durst instead canceled her credit cards, removed her name from the joint bank account, and refused to pay her tuition, which sounds super fucking manipulative and emotionally abusive. Were they still married? Yeah. Oh, okay. She just hired the lawyer, and then he did all that. I'm about to say, well, if they're not together, why is he paying for all of this in the first place? No, she just hired the divorce lawyer. They... You'll find out, but they don't ever actually get divorced. So during this time, um, she actually, after she filed for, or she bought, got the divorce lawyer, the proceedings were going on. She actually ended up being treated at the hospital for bruises that had been inflicted by Durst. Ah, there we go. Now he's a piece of shit. Well, okay. But for, to tell somebody like, Hey, I want to get a divorce. You have a joint bank account. Mm -hmm. It's both of your money. Mm-hmm. And then you just take one of them off of it? Yeah, I don't think that should be legal. Right. I don't think that is legal. It might not be now, but this, I mean, this was in the early 1980s. Women were just in the last 10 years allowed to get a credit card without a cosigner. So you probably could just take your name off of it. Wild. Our country's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean. Hopefully they fix that. I don't think you should be able to do that. No, you shouldn't be able to do that. Like, and then, you need to have both people signed to change right. your bank account if they're both on it. Right. And apparently, Kathy would tell anyone who would listen, if anything happens to me, don't let Bob get away with it. Oh, no. After filing for divorce, Kathy Durst ended up disappearing. Kathy Durst was last seen on January 31st, 1982, when she appeared unexpectedly at a dinner party at her friend's house in Newton, or Newtown, Connecticut. It was said that she was upset and dressed in red sweatshirt 
sweatpants, which her friends found strange because she didn't usually dress very casually in public. Kathy later left after receiving a phone call from Durst and headed to their home in South Salem, New York, where she was never seen again. Kathy and the friend who was hosting the dinner party were actually supposed to meet later at a pub in Manhattan. But when Kathy did not show up, her friend became extremely concerned and repeatedly called the police for several days. Durst did not report his wife missing until five days after her disappearance. Now, he claimed that he had driven her to a train station in, I'm going to butcher this, Katona, New York, so that she could go to Manhattan where she had an appointment, an appointment for school the next day. Durst said that when he dropped her off, he went and had a drink with neighbors and then talked to his wife on the phone. She was allegedly staying at their penthouse in Manhattan. However, none of his neighbors remember having a drink with him that night. And there were no phone records showing that he made this call. Now, Durst claimed that he made the call while he was walking his dog at a payphone. But the nearest payphone was miles away and it was raining that night. Sounds fishy oh my god you know you know times have changed when i was just like why didn't you just call her on his cell phone it's the 80s it's the 80s you idiot <laughs> there were no cell phones i wasn't around neither was i so then how would i know the 80s could be made up for all i know I that's there. true i don't you know what you know there. you know how people deny the holocaust i deny the, I 80s. Deny the 80s <laughs> they never happened at least i hope so you see those hair cells woof i would have thrived woof yeah you got big you could have big hair if you wanted you have big hair when you don't want, I feel like. I have big hair right now. Yeah. Yeah. The couple's penthouse in River on Riverside Drive, the superintendent of the building and the doorman claimed to have seen Kathy on February 1st, but it was from a distance. Um, there was also a phone call made to the medical school, allegedly by Kathy, saying that she was sick and would be out for some time. Three weeks after Kathy's disappearance, though, the superintendent at the building found her possessions in the building's trash compactor. Durst offered a $100,000 reward for his wife's return, but then reduced the reward to $15,000. Why would he reduce the reward if he knew no one was going to find her? I don't know. Hmm. He's a dick. Hmm. Maybe to make it look like maybe I can't afford that. I don't know. Hmm. He's a weirdo. Durst was actually dating another woman at the time who was named Prudence Farrow. And he was dating her for about three years before Kathy disappeared and was spending time with this woman at a separate apartment. And you know that he probably bought that apartment just so he could cheat on his wife. He doesn't have to buy any apartments. He just has apartments. That's his whole business. He's, oh, he just that's true. fucking owns places. However, although all that evidence seems pretty conclusive, the case was found inconclusive. Durst divorced Kathy eight years after her disappearance, claiming for claiming spousal abandonment. So I guess they did get divorced. I forgot. I'm about to say, because I think, uh, aren't you legally dead after seven years missing? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's so like he divorced her after she could be legally declared dead. Well, in 2016, her family asked for her to be claimed legally dead, which the request was granted. Huh. So literally like... 24 years after she died or would disappeared she was claimed legally dead kathy's mother ann mccormick tried to sue durst for a hundred million dollars alleging that he killed her daughter and deprived them of the right to bury her but i don't think it didn't go anywhere no mm -mm. 
oh man, this was a different time. You know, if any of this happened now, they're like definitely getting him on that lawsuit. Well, oh yeah, probably. Oh yeah. Well, things keep going for Robert Durst, and in 1994, his father passes away. Oh, but not Seymour Durst. Seymour Durst. Seymour houses. No. Seymour dirt. More like it. <laughs> anyway, he passed away and he left the family business to his brother, Douglas, which was a huge slap in the face to Robert Durst. It was said that he didn't get the company because the final straw of him losing the company was because he kept peeing in his uncle's trash can. <laughs> Just imagine the meeting. Hey, sir, which, which of your sons do you want to sign the company to? Uh, this one uh, seems to be doing pretty good, and this one is currently peeing in your uncle's <laughs> trash can. Like, mm, that's the last straw. I gotta go with good old, good old Dougie boy. Dougie boy. Well, this really does piss Robert Durst off, and he cuts ties with his family, but he still has a shit ton of money. And um, for the next decade, he just goes around and bounces around the country, and basically lives like a vagrant. In 1999, the police receive a bogus tip about the location of Kathy's body, and they reopened her case. Now, at this time, I'm sorry. Now, Durst had started dating another woman named Deborah Lee Sheraton in 1988, but they had a really weird relationship. So when he basically left in 1994, he stayed in contact with her, and the two of them ended up getting married in 2000. And their relation was their relationship was described as a marriage of convenience. She will come back up later. That's why I'm talking about her now. All right. Six years? Wait. Have they been together this whole time since then? Yes. Since 2000? Oh, damn. All right. Yes. So the case against Ka- case about Kathy's disappearance is reopened. He gets married in 2000 to Sheridan. And after he gets married, he goes and visits his friend, Susan Berman, in California. Oh, my God. This player. They were just friends. Allegedly. Susan Berman? Yeah. There's no way he's, they're just friends. No. His flight to California was on December 19th, 2000. And he flew back on December 23rd, 2000. Now, who is Susan Berman? Just a friend, obviously. The friend <laughs> that Durst goes to visit after his wedding. Now, although it seemed like when Kathy disappeared, that it was a very cut-and-dry case that Durst murdered her, he did have a few people that supported him, and that one one of the few people was Susan Berman. She was actually an alibi for Durst during the, in, during the investigation of his wife's disappearance. And fun fact, she's actually the daughter of David Berman, who was a gangster in Las Vegas in the 40s. Pretty cool. She was raised in the Flamingo Hotel. Now... Berman met Durst in the 60s when they both attended UCLA and they became fast friends. Durst actually walked Berman down the aisle because both of her parents died when she was in her early teens. And that was actually one thing that really bonded them was the fact that um, they both lost parents very young. As someone who has who had a dead parent growing up. Yeah, it's great meeting someone else who has a dead parent because then you can make all the jokes you want and no one gets weird. (laughs) 
Berman was an author and a journalist journalist and Durst asked her to help him when the press was hounding him and reporters were bugging him about his wife's disappearance. Now, it's also thought that Berman made the call to Kathy's school claiming that she was Kathy and that she was sick. They're not just friends. No one who's just your friend is going to is going to cover up a murder for you. Hey, you ever heard of friends with benefits, Kashan? The benefit is not covering up a murder. Well, you have shit. shitty you have, you have shitty friends with benefits then. <laughs> All my friends with benefits just fuck me. Huh? Oh, man. Does yours cover up murders for you? They'll, they'll um, take the fall for felonies for you? That's wild, man. Should That's I text wild. him and ask him? Hey, would you cover up a murder for me? I'm going to go with no. And then if he I, says no, you can be like, it's National Women's Day. What the fuck, man? It's National Women's Day. You have to cover up a murder if I ask. In 2000, Durst paid Derman. Derman. In 2000, Durst paid Berman. Two sums of $25,000, so $50,000 total, because allegedly she had fallen on hard times. Others suspect that this was hush money. Since the case of Kathy's disappearance had been reopened in 1999, authorities were wanting to question Berman about the case. On December 24th, 2000, the day after Durst left... Berman's neighbors called the police, saying that one of her dogs was loose and that the front door was open. This was very unusual for Berman, and they were concerned. Police went into the home and found Susan Berman was shot execution style. Oh my God. This took yeah. a turn. I thought it was yeah. just the wife. No. Okay. A few days later, the Beverly Hills Police Department received a letter where the name Beverly was misspelled. Spoil they put it was B so it's supposed to be B E V E R L Y and this person spelled it B E V E R L E Y. Huh. Okay. A misspelling that Durst was often known to use. <gasps> the letter had Berman's address in it and the word cadaver. So, like, he sent this letter, and then they opened it, and it said her address, and then just the word cadaver. What the fuck? Yeah. Also, how good of friends are you if you don't know how to spell her fucking name, dude? That's not her name. That's where she lived. She lived in Beverly Hills. Oh, then he's just a fucking idiot. How yeah. do you not know how to spell Beverly Hills? Hey, it's these a, are confusing. I guess this was before the Weezer song came out. So Beverly Hills. That's the ooh, one. That's where I want to be. Now, but they did have the um, Beverly Hillbillies back then. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that, that doesn't even hold water. He should have known they all Beverly went down Hills. to Beverly Hills, that is. Why do you know that? I watched a lot of the Beverly Hillbillies growing up. That explains a lot. Yeah, that was a good show. Um... It was also noted that Berman, the woman who was shot, was a very paranoid person and that she wouldn't open the door for strangers, so whoever killed her probably knew her. She also told her friend that she had done a favor for Durst and said that if anything happens to me, Bobby did it. So these are two people now that have been murdered who said to someone else, if I get murdered, it is this person. 
Also, why would you tell someone where you're going? If you're going to murder her, he's dumb. <laughs> I don't think he told... Um, now, how do they know that he was going to see her? Because of the plane her? tickets. So he just went to the area. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. Okay. I do think he might have told some... Actually, that's not true. He did tell someone, I'm not exactly sure who, that he was going on a staycation to visit her. Yeah, so you're yeah. like, oh, I'm going to visit my friend, and then she shows up dead, and you just come back like, doo doo doo. What was the day after he left? <laughs> no way you could have got there that fast. Um, Durst is quoted staying saying, "We stayed friends until she died in 2000." Just tell me something. Tell tell him he's wrong. What the fuck, man? Tell him he's wrong. That's right. So this is jumping ahead, but later Durst claimed that he had found Berman who had been shot. I'm sorry. So later Durst claimed, this is way later, like years and years later, that he had found Berman who had shot herself by the pool, although she had been shot in the back of the head. And then he drug her into the house and was going to call 911, but... Then the phone was dead, and then he was going to use a pay phone, but then he didn't call, use a pay phone either because the only reason that he didn't do that was because he has a very recognizable voice, and he was worried that he wouldn't be able to remain anonymous, so he just left and mailed the letter instead. And instead of saying she was dead in her house, he just wrote the word cadaver? Cadaver. Great. He does not admit this until years later. He initially denied writing the letter, but you did it, motherfucker, and that's why you left. Dumbass. He's a dumbass. No, this is stupid as fuck. This guy's an idiot. The reason he knew that Kathy's case was being reopened was because his sister, Wendy, had tipped him off. Wendy's nuts. Wendy's nuts. All right, proceed with the, with your uh, discussion of, of murder. Anyways. <laughs> She told him on Halloween 2000 that the case had been reopened. Then he went and visited Berman. But then he ended up going into hiding in Galveston, Texas. What? Can no one find where Galveston, Texas is? I don't even know where it is, actually. I don't know where it's at. I'm, they, you know, they had maps. They could have found him. I don't know how he got there. But you'll also find out why no one knew who he was or where he was. It's loading. I just want to know where Galveston is. 17 hours away. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's in Texas. I don't. It's like on oh. an island. What the hell? I didn't even know we owned that. Did you know we owned that? I like how you say we in like the collective, like, in the like United States us of as America. United States citizens own this island. This thing is in the Gulf of Mexico. I didn't even know. That's like the They've Florida got a Keys. flood warning. Well, if, you're, if you're listening in Galveston, Texas, I hope you're okay. Yeah, look out for that flood. Y'all got, got a flood warning right now. Um, well, how could Durst go into actual hiding? Everyone knows who he is, right? He wore a fake mustache and he attacked like this. Worse. Hey, look at me. It's worse. How is it worse than that? So while living in Texas, <laughs> Durst disguised himself as a mute woman. <laughs> what? <laughs> I told you it was dumb. <laughs> oh my 
god. He decided he's disguised himself as a mute woman named Dorothy Siner. Siner like sign language cuz he's cuz he's mute. Cuz he's mute. That's if that's no, what it was. No, Dorothy Siner was a former classmate of his and he stole her name. Okay. And Dorothy would use, it's not funny, but Dor- I mean, it is. Dorothy would use handwritten notes to communicate with her landlord. Do we have to use appropriate pronouns? <laughs> no, I didn't for know. For Robert Durst dressed up as Dorothy. I, I didn't know if I needed to. <laughs> He's a murderer. Hey, I still respect his pronouns. I don't think he believes he's a woman. No, he doesn't. No, he's pretending. He's like he's like Tom Hanks and Bosom Buddies, all right? Yeah. Which is a really old reference I'm getting. I've never seen that movie. Me either. It's oh. a TV show. It was like the first thing he was in oh. where him and someone else, they dressed up as women to live in this really nice apartment that only took women tenants. But it was like cheap. And <laughs> it was a whole it. sitcom. I don't know. I've never seen it. But it I know funny. the premise. But he was really bad at being undercover, though, and then he did eventually drop the act because some incidents of him fucking up his disguise would include walking into a men's restroom. Oh, shit, buddy. I mean... And then he just writes down, oh, Oh, shit, shit, buddy, buddy. and then walks out. (laughs) And also lighting his wig on fire at a bar when he was trying to light a cigarette. Still going to bars? Well, he was Dorothy. I guess. Dorothy likes to drink. Okay. Dorothy likes to get fucked up, man. But on September 30th, 2001, a 13-year-old boy spots a torso floating near the shoreline of Galveston Bay. Could this month get any worse? First the Twin Towers, now this. Jesus, man. Fuck, we can't catch a break. The police also find garbage bags that can... (laughs) You can't (laughs) The police also find garbage bags that contain limbs and other items that trace back to either... I keep seeing conflicting things on this. Either the apartment building or boarding house that Durst lives in. There were conflicting things on whether this was an apartment building or a boarding house. They're kind of the same thing, I guess. Yeah, I don't. Well, in one of these bags was packaging for a bow saw. A, I just, a bow saw. Yes. What the fuck is that? I know what a bone saw is. The saw's bone. What is a B-O-W saw? No fucking way. I just I thought everyone my whole life was calling this thing a bone saw. You had me doubting that I read everything wrong. No, I totally thought that's what that was. I don't think I've ever seen it. Sean's like it only cuts bones. What's wrong with you? Are you a serial killer? But it does look like what they use to cut bones for well, like autopsies and stuff. That's what this person... Got cut up with. Well, I just always so I thought it was bone saw. Nope, it's a bow saw. You learn something new every day. It was found that the body parts and the remains in these bags were of a man named Morris Black, the neighbor of Dorothy Siner, 
slash Robert Durst. And when at the apartment slash boarding house, they found a receipt with Durst's name on it. This guy's so bad at killing people. (laughs) Yeah, so obviously he used a credit card to buy this. Because why would the receipt have your name if it didn't wasn't with a credit card? Do you know nothing? Cash, man. This is before CSI turned everyone into a uh, to an expert on getting away with murder. I guess that's true. Well, they also... So, police obtain a search warrant, and they find that Black's room had a trail of blood leading to Siner slash Durst's apartment. They also find a bloody knife and a pair of bloody men's shoes. And upon finding out that Siner was Durst, they put a warrant out for his arrest. Durst was found at a hotel under the name of Jim Truss, who was another classmate of his. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is one I'd like to imagine he does the bad Italian accent. And it's not the me. It's a, I'm a Jim Truss. I'm a Jim Truss. A, a spaghetti? A, a meatball? <laughs> it just runs away. When they search his car, they find the bow saw. And a gun and marijuana. <gasps> Not marijuana. <laughs> Not marijuana. Durst is charged with the murder of Morris Black as well as possession of marijuana. But not the gun. The gun's we, fine. No, fuck the gun. And if we can't if we can't get him on the murder charge, we'll get him for drugs. He leaves jail that night, though, because he can post the three hundred thousand dollars bond. Why did they bond him? Jeez. I think I don't know why they thought he wasn't going to be able to pay it, but he paid it. Just don't don't bond him, right? So he then has court on October sixteenth, but he fails to show up, and a grand jury indicts him on charges of murder and jumping bail. No fucking dog! He runs away. He just spent how long dis- in disguise, like he's a CIA agent. And they're like, hey, yeah, you can get out. Go ahead. Hey, don't do it again. Don't do it again, though. <laughs> don't do it again. In October, and on October 18th, 2001, Durst rents a car in Mobile, Alabama, and poses as Morris Black, the dude he just killed. Woof. He's insane. And after seven weeks on the run, Durst is finally arrested in Pennsylvania after he's caught trying to shoplift a chicken sandwich, even though he had $500 on him. I think he was like, honestly, just like anxious and wasn't in his right mind since he was literally on the run. But like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, he's an idiot, man. You had $500. I can see why he didn't get... His family's company, he's pissing in trash cans and just honestly a really bad decision maker overall. He's a terrible decision maker. (laughs) But not only did he have $500 on him, he also had two guns in his car. How do you got another gun since the last time? This is the South. All he has to do is just be like, I want a gun. (laughs) Just a bunch of people hand out guns. I mean, this was 01. I don't know if, I don't know what the laws, the laws weren't, I mean, they're still not that strict, but they're Definitely weren't as strict now here, as take, they are now. Here, take mine, friend. I got plenty. Oh, hey, you don't want a gun? Here you go. Um, he also had Morris Black's driver's license and $37,000. It's not looking good for him, I'm going to be I, honest. I also want to note that him and Morris Black don't look alike. These men don't look alike. They're just both old and white. Nothing else. A lot of old white people do kind of look alike, though. Okay, but these two didn't. They're like I babies. Swear. It's like when you're a baby, everyone looks the same. And when you're old and white, y'all look 
kind of looked the same a little bit. But old well, men look like babies. Well, they weren't like old, old at this point, though, because Morris was 71, and I think Durst was actually only 58. Oh, yeah, that's not that old. Yeah. So, like, they had a they had a big age gap, and Morris had, like, a really wide nose. Mm. And Durst does not. He has a very thin nose. It was also noted that he was stalking his brother Douglas at this time. <laughs> he needs more therapy. Uh, yeah. Now, why did Durst even kill Black? Well, it's said that the two got in a struggle over a handgun. And allegedly, Black was holding the handgun. The two got into a struggle, and the gun went off, killing Black. Durst claimed that he didn't know what to do, so he cut up the body put it in trash bags and threw it in the river. I don't know, man. I just, I didn't know what was going on. It all happened so fast. All of a sudden I have a bow saw. I just learned what that was today. And I cut up, I just, I cut them into pieces. I threw them in a duffel bag. All it just, I, I didn't know what was going on. And I threw them into a river. There are a lot of really intense yeah. steps instead of just calling the police. Haven't you made a mistake in your life? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> In September 2003, Durst finally goes to trial for the murder of Morris Black. He argues that he killed him in self-defense, although I did dismember him. I, I did do that. I did Ugh. do that. <laughs> you got me there. His team tried to say that he had Asperger's syndrome, which is just fucking ridiculous. Because even if he is on the spectrum, that does not give you... It's, the autism spectrum does not equal murder. Yes. I know a lot of people with autism and none of them have killed anybody. Y yes. But on November 11th, 2003, Robert Durst was found not guilty of murdering Morris Black. What? Right. He literally admitted to dismembering him. I know. I don't understand how you can just go free after dismembering someone, but whatever. What's going on? It's insane. This is this guy like just they keep just letting him go. He's so stupid and he keeps getting out of it. However, in 2004, he did plead guilty on to two counts of jumping bail and tampering with um, tampering with evidence, which was dismembering Black's body. He got a plea good bargain, though, and received a five year sentence with a credit of time served. So he only had to serve three more years in prison. He was paroled on July 15th, 2005, and was told that he had to stay near his home and get permission to travel. So I don't think he was actually like on house arrest. They were just like, don't leave this area. Well, you have a parole officer you got to check in with. And if you don't check in with them every month, you go back to prison. Yeah. Well, that December... Durst decided to go to the boarding house that Black was killed at and go to the mall. Well, this idiot runs into the judge who presided over his trial at the mall. Oh, my God. I know you. So he had to go back to jail in 2006. I'd like to think they were in, like, hot topic. And he's just like looking at those posters munching, of like munching on a Cinnabon. The judge is looking at the posters she's of like the scantily clad women and he's like She's slurping an orange Julius. Like Hey, hey I know you. Aren't you aren't you that guy who's uh not supposed to be here? <laughs> In 2006, Durst family cuts ties with him 
completely and buys him out of the family business for $65 million. Oh no, how bad for him. I know. In 2010, in 2010, Andrew Andrew Jarecki's film All Good Things comes out. It starred Ryan Gosling and Kirsten Dunst, which was inspired by Robert Durst. Remember the name of the health food store in Vermont? Oh, it was all good things. It was all good things. Durst actually liked the film, although it made me cry in some parts, he said. All right, man. Although his lawyer told him not to do it, Durst contacted Jarecki to do a sit-down interview with him. How confident do you have to be to think that you could do a whole documentary about your situation and that they will find you not guilty when you clearly are? Because, as we've said multiple times, he's fucking stupid. Um, so... This documentary is found on HBO. I actually did not watch it because, to be honest with you, it has six parts and I didn't have time. And some parts would make you cry, just and like just like how all all, all good, good things, things did to Robert Durst. Yeah. Um, but if you want a more in depth look at this case, there's a lot that I'm leaving out. Nope, we had everything. That was um, all. I'm sure there's no nuance to this. Yeah. So if you want a little more of a deep dive, I would recommend going and watching that documentary. And then I, th- um, okay, this is a little, uh, what, what's the word I want to use? Um, uncouth. But I think the part, there's parts of each documentary on YouTube as well. Oh, so you you're don't, telling like, people to pirate it. Yeah. Nice. That's bad of me. Viva but. la revolution. Yeah. Jarecki starts to interview Durst on camera for the documentary Jinx. It's called The Jinx. Like I said, on HBO. Durst obviously denies having to do anything with the murders of his wife and of Susan Berman. Even though Jarecki actually discovers an envelope that was addressed to Der Berman from Durst, which had the same handwriting as the cadaver letter and also had the same misspelling of Beverly. Durst had said before that only the killer could have written that letter. Dun, dun, dun. In 2012, Jarecki interviews Durst for a second time and shows him the two envelopes with a similar handwriting. Durst is unable to say which one is not his handwriting. He excuses himself to the bathroom where he talks to himself. Now, this is kind of long. I'm only going to um, play a small little snippet of this. Mm-hmm. Kill them all, of course. If you couldn't understand what he was saying, he said, "I killed them all, of course." Right after um, making a like a whale sound, yeah. in the bathroom. What is that? What is that humpback whale sound he's making? Ooh. He had a kidney stone. <laughs> I made that up. I don't know. Um, he also says like. In that bathroom confession that he um, he was like, I don't know how to answer the question. They got me. He says those sorts of things while he's in the bathroom. This idiot didn't know his microphone was still on. He was still, still hot mic'd. What a dumbass. Yeah. He's so stupid. Yeah, but although he did all of that, the audio actually remained unexamined for two years. Oh, they just didn't move to editing or anything? Uh-huh. So no one ever found out? Yeah, they didn't know he was talking in the bathroom. Oh, my God. 
In early 2013, Jarecki starts sharing the info that he has gathered with the police. And in 2014, the LAPD reopened the case of Susan Berman's murder. We're going to get a lot of dates here towards the end, so just bear with me. But it's the easiest way to do this. All right. um, on June 12th, 2014, the bathroom audio is found. July 24th, 2014, Durst, he did something stupid again. He turns himself in. He loves to pee. The man loves to pee. He peed on a candy rack in CVS in Houston, and he gets slapped with a $500 fine. What is wrong with this man? That was just funny, and I wanted to include it. Um, On March 5th, I'm sorry, in March 2015, the fifth episode of The Jinx airs, and Durst goes on the run. The LAPD issue a warrant for his arrest. So um, this next part is so incredibly poetic. But the day before the Jinx finale, Robert Durst is arrested in New Orleans while planning to escape to Cuba. Upon his arrest, he had $40,000 in cash, a gun, and a latex mask. Another gun, Robert? They found him in the Marriott under the name Everett Ward. I don't know if that was a classmate. All right, let's just assume it was. Yeah. All right. The first yeah. two were. He's yeah. not breaking this record. Now, I'm not going to get too detailed about this next part because we truly could go on forever. But during this time, it was found that Durst was also suspected in two in disappearances of three teenage girls. One teenager who disappeared in Vermont in 1971, who was a frequent who would frequent his health food store. And then the other two girls in 1997 in California, apparently while Durst was like living like a vagrant, he would frequent homeless shelters all the time. And one of these girls would volunteer there. So, Oh man. Yeah. So that whole time he's traveling around the country, he's just traveling around like abducting and killing young women. Perhaps? Well, not in 1971 because that's when he was living in Vermont and owning the health food store. But mm-hmm. they think he's linked to this 1997 disappearance. Oh, man. However, I'm not saying it's below him to do that because I do think he would do that. And a lot of people, while I was researching this, a lot of people will call him a serial killer. And I really didn't agree with that until I found out about how he was linked to these. Because the other ones just seemed... So, his wife, killing his wife and killing Susan Berman, to me, didn't feel like serial killer behavior. It felt like a way for him to cover his tracks and like try to make a problem go away. I really didn't understand the whole Morris Black killing. Yeah, his neighbor. He just killed a neighbor. I feel I feel like he like killed his wife and then like liked it. Yeah. And then he had a reason to kill Berman. Yeah. And then Morris Black allegedly had a gun point. He there's a lot of um there's a lot of conflict of what actually happened. Some yeah. some people are like, he had the gun pointed at him. Some people say that Black had a key to his apartment and that he was in the house and then found the gun and then they fought over the gun. So like, but regardless, but then when I found out about these other disappearances that he's linked to, I was like, okay, no, he is a serial killer. Could definitely be possible, especially with him traveling the country. Who knows what happened? Oh, yeah. You know? Now, the only thing I will say is that a lot of times when people do get convicted of murders, they will try to pin other murders and other disappearances on them just mm. to, like, cover a cold case. Oh, sometimes they even confess to murders they didn't do. Yeah. Yeah. A lot to, of like, serial add killers. To, add to their history yeah a lot of serial killers will do that too so 
Um, from my understanding, he was not convicted of anything of with those three girls, but I wouldn't be surprised if he um, did it. Mm-hmm. Now, when he was in New Orleans, he had because he had the gun in his hotel room. Um, that was illegal, so Durst was sentenced to 85 months in federal prison for that. But because of Hurricane Harvey and a series of other events, Durst's trial for Berman's murder did not start until March 2020. However, we all know what happened in 2020, and on March 15th, the trial had to be put on hold because of COVID. His attorney tried to delay his trial once again because Durst developed bladder cancer, but this was denied. On May 17th, 2021, the trial finally resumes. During the trial, he was asked, if you had killed either Kathy or Susan, would you ever tell us? And to that, Durst replied, no. So he was like, I won't ever admit to it. What an interesting question, though. I know. You ask me that, it's probably also no. No, I'm not going to tell you. What are you talking about? And finally, on September 17th, 2021, Durst is convicted for the murder of Susan Berman and is sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. COVID got Durst, though, and he had to be put on a ventilator, and he was already in extremely bad health. And on January 10th, 2022, Robert Durst died of cardiac arrest in a hospital in California at the age of 78. Justice was served, in my opinion. He spent a year in prison. He should have been in prison. Well, how the yeah. he should have been in prison for the murder of of white. That's or uh, black. Black. Yeah. Uh, it's so wild that he got off on that. I think it's wild. I I think the ones that are the most wild to me are Berman. Well, honestly, all of them are because it's just, in my opinion, it's so clearly him. I can see him getting away with his wife because it's really, really hard to prove a murder if you don't have a body. Yeah. You know, so if they never found her body and it's only just like his alibi doesn't check out, you can't just convict someone for that. Right. You know, you might wish you could, but you can't. Right. So that one I can see him getting away with. But yeah, Susan Berman, like him literally saying, I'm going to go there and then her dying. (laughs) And his past history, I that one starts to get weird. And then the one he definitely should have been in prison for is for black. He literally admitted to the murder and dismemberment, or at least the killing of somebody and the dismemberment of the corpse. Yeah. So. Yeah, you can't just dismember a corpse. No. No. That's a big no-no. At least they got him for that, but. Yeah. Well. Robert Durst, the slimy, violent child who grew up to be a cold-hearted murderer, a man who only cared about his own priorities and keeping his crime under wraps. Starting up into the 70s until two years ago, Durst did a good job of keeping his skeletons truly hidden until they pop up in the river. Luckily, Overconfidence is what ended up getting Durst into the jail cell that he should have been condemned to years before. Thanks for listening. This one was sad. Why why did we decide to do murders as the finale again? That was you. That was you. <laughs> why did we, both of us equally and collectively, decide to do murders as the finale? Let me quote Kashan. It's always I want so to sad. do a murder every Season finale. You don't remember what happened two years ago. Don't lie to me. That I do. Don't gaslight me. 
You're remembering it wrong. You're crazy. You're crazy. Well, if you'd like more of where that came from, you can follow us on all of our social media. More gaslighting? At Facebook.com slash White Collars Red Hands. Our Twitter at White Collars Pod. Our Instagram at White Collars underscore Red Hands. We are on TikTok at White Collars Red Hands. I was burping like Robert Durst in that video. He burps in the confession video. What is going on with this man in the bathroom? He's just having sounds and noises are coming out of him He's everywhere. Unwell. And some of those are confessions to murder. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else. Oh, if you've got, okay, so we're getting ready for our next season. And if you have anything you'd like to hear about, we love to do fan submitted episodes, at least one every season. So if you've got an idea, you can DM us or you can send us an email at whitecollarsredhands at gmail.com. We also have merch. If you would like to support us and buy some merch, um, you can go to our website, click the little merch tab. It'll take you over to T Public and you can buy some merch. What's our website again, Nina? Whitecollarsredhands.com. That's right. Yep. Um, oh, and then another way that you can support us is by giving us a rating on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Um, we love a five-star review, but an honest review with constructive criticism is good, too. Um, but the most important, probably the best way to let people know about us or support us is to just tell a friend. Because I listen to my friends, so they should listen to you, too. I don't listen to mine, but I'm already making a good podcast. Well, I, I only, you won't, I'm your only friend. No, no, Nina. I'm your only oh, friend. Damn it. And we all know. Damn it. That's <laughs> not what you said the other day, though. That's not what you said the other day. Anyways. Yeah, I think you're remembering it wrong. Oh, More gaslighting. There you go. All right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next season. Season 11 of White Collars. Red hands. Red hands.